Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, August 26, 2021. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week. What a weekend for wrestling. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. And coming from someone who was there live in Vegas for SummerSlam, it was quite the experience. I'm going to be getting into all that on today's episode, along with airing my exclusive interview with WWE Superstar, former WWE Champion Drew McIntyre from right before SummerSlam and Friday at the media event presented by WWE, which was a lot of fun. I'll talk more about that momentarily. Followed by, as always, my conversation with Mr. Marceau, breaking down all the latest news and notes and major happenings, and there were a lot of them, from the world of wrestling in the last week. Now, I did have to let Mr. Marceau go a bit early here today. He had uh, other things to do work-wise. So um, our conversation is only about 40 minutes breaking down SummerSlam from Saturday, the big returns from that show, TakeOver 36 from Sunday, the return of CM Punk and AEW, other AEW thoughts from Dynamite last night, and a lot more. So stay tuned for that. We are going to have the Drew McIntyre interview start up here in a bit. But yeah, man, what a weekend. What a weekend. I'll probably be doing... A live stream on YouTube discussing the entire experience, and there's a lot to cover. I was there from, what was it, Wednesday night through Tuesday. (laughs) Almost a week, just because I was supposed to be there through Sunday. I had to bump my flight from Sunday to Tuesday back to CT due to the hurricane that was hit here, or was supposed to hit. It really wasn't much of a hurricane in retrospect, at least in my area. Um, But I was in Vegas for close to a week, had a lot of awesome experiences, met a lot of cool people, talked to a lot of cool, you know, interviewed a lot of cool people as well from within the company, um, talent-wise, which was really, really cool, including Drew McIntyre, which, like I said before, we'll be airing my exclusive interview with him in just a moment, but... What a weekend, man. SummerSlam was a really fun time overall. I know it was a mixed bag of a show on paper. Um, Watching it on Peacock, a four-hour show, watching from home, I probably would have thought the exact same thing. And even reviewing it, RJ and I get into the good, the bad, and the ugly from SummerSlam. And there was a lot of great, there was a lot of bad. It was definitely a mixed bag. But overall, it was definitely a, a wrestling weekend to remember. Between SummerSlam, all the returns from that show... Punk's debut on Rampage, and a great takeover on Sunday, featuring, in my opinion, the WWE match of the year so far between Walter and Ilya Dragunov for that NXT UK Championship. There's a lot to get into. Before we get to Mr. Marceau help me breaking it all down and my mini Drew McIntyre interview, just want to tell you guys how you can check out WrestleRant Radio every single week right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can rate the show, you can review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. And another thing, too, I do want to mention this before we get started here. I do got to mention this. My reaction video, and I posted a lot of reaction videos from SummerSlam. had a great view from the press box. Thanks to Bleach Report for allowing me to go. Thanks to WWE for having me. Uh, Thanks to a lot of people for making that trip happen. 
But thanks to you guys for checking out my videos from, you know, all the videos I posted from the event over at youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews. So I posted all the live reaction videos. Even before that, I posted the Triple H Media Scrum from Thursday, the WWE tryouts in Vegas at MGM Grand, which were awesome. And uh, we got to talk to Triple H after they were over, and I actually got to ask him a question. It's all in the video on the channel. Um, a bit of a highlight package showing some clips from the tryout itself, the media scrums with Samoa Joe, and the then Raw Women's Champion Nikki Ash. Very cool. So at SummerSlam, like I mentioned, I took a ton of live reaction videos, and I've always done this. I've done this at really every show I've ever been to. If you go to my YouTube channel, check out the playlist, live reaction videos, there's a lot of live reaction videos from Impact shows, WWE shows, Ring of Honor, even AEW from the times I've been to their shows over the years. Just two of them, just Dynamite two years ago, the second ever Dynamite, and then Double or Nothing, 2019. I will be it all out next weekend, so... That, that's a crazy wrestling weekend coming up as well. And more live reaction videos will be posted then hopefully uh, that weekend as well. So I posted a ton of live reaction videos from SummerSlam. All the big moments, the Becky return, the Edge Brood entrance, which was fucking awesome. And then the Brock Lesnar return. I, I kept filming even after Roman and Cena was over in case anything happened. Sure enough, something did indeed happen. And like I said earlier, it was the Brock Lesnar return. Brock Lesnar coming back for the first time since WrestleMania 36. Um, Origin, I do get into it a little bit later on, but I will touch upon it here real quickly for the context of this uh, topic that I'm talking about. So I took a video of the Brock Lesnar return. And as soon as the show was over, I also took a video of Lesnar suplexing Cena after the show was over, which was kind of exclusive to the live crowd. Um, I think WWE put a clip about it, uh, you know, put a clip up about it on their YouTube channel as well. So you could see it there too. But we got to see it after the Peacock feed went off the air, and uh, it was a great moment. So the Lesnar return was super cool, experiencing that no one was expecting it. Everyone lost their collective shit. So then, in the, I'm, as I'm sitting there in the press box, we weren't asked to leave for a little while. I had some turn, I had some time to work on stuff before I packed up my shit and took off. So I'm sitting there, you know, looking at my videos that I took and uploading some of them. And while the video was going on, or while the show was going on, I immediately uploaded the Brock Lesnar video that I took from the show itself, you know, of Lesnar's return, and I immediately uploaded it, hoping to get as much traction as possible, being one of the first people to upload it, being at the show itself. Sure enough, I do. And because I did that, literally overnight, I think I gained like 500 subscribers, and the video is up to like 30,000. I forgot exactly what it was at like within 12 hours, but I looked at it the next morning, and my subscriber count went up 500 subscribers, which is huge. Um, I just surpassed 5,000 earlier this year, so getting 500 in like literally overnight was crazy. And the video got close to 100,000 views. It blew the fuck up. And then it was up to like 300,000 views. Within the next day or two, the video, as of this recording, is now up to 3.5 million views. Three and a half million. I never thought I would ever have a video go to a million views, let alone three and a half million views. Fucking unbelievable. Um, it was just crazy. So because of that, I got a shit ton of new subscribers, well over 20,000 now. <laughs> After having 5,000 like three or four days ago, we got over 20,000 subscribers on the channel, which is just awesome. So 
Um, we got a ton of content going up every, uh, going up every single day. So the hope is in getting so many new eyes on the channel, um, I can continue to upload daily stuff like the excerpts from this show, hashtag AskGSM every single Wednesday, the interviews. I'm having an interview go up tomorrow with the Raw Tag Team Champion Riddle. Keep an eye out for that tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. That was a great conversation. So yeah, hopefully they come for the Brock Lesnar video and stay for the other cool content we have going up on the channel every single day. And as I speak right now, the number is still climbing you know, four or five days later, which is fucking awesome. So to anyone who checked out the videos, the Brock video, shared it, subscribed, any new subscribers, I thank you. I appreciate you. Was not expecting that type of support. Um, three and a half million views. I mean, what the fuck, man? That is just unbelievable. That is crazy. So I don't know. I don't even really know what to say at this point other than thank you. Thank you for supporting the channel. Regardless of whether you're a new subscriber old subscriber, returning subscriber, whatever. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for checking out the channel. Thank you for checking out my content. Thank you for checking out my articles, my videos, my podcast, everything. Really, really appreciate it. So there is plenty more to come. The Drew McIntyre interview that I'm about to air right now here on the show, I also recorded in audio form as well. So that that's going to be up on the channel at some point, hopefully within the next few days. It's been a really busy week, as you could probably imagine. I'm going to have that interview up. Um, on the channel in the coming days with Drew McIntyre. I did six other interviews. I did seven interviews that day. The only person I couldn't interview was Seamus just because he ran out of time. I did get to meet him, take a picture with him. He was awesome. But um, yeah, Seamus was the only one I didn't interview. The other people there included Jinder Mahal, which you guys know I really don't give a shit about Jinder, but as a guy, he's a cool guy, and we had a nice little conversation. We actually talked for like 10 minutes. I probably got more time out of him than I did almost anyone else. So I talked to Jinder. I talked to Jimmy Hart, random I know, but he was there, really nice guy. Uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, which was a bucket list item for me. That was fucking cool. Growing up a Ted DiBiase fan, always wanting a replica Million Dollar Championship. That was one for the, uh, definitely one for the bucket list right there. That was awesome. So I got to talk to Jinder Mahal, Drew, which you'll hear in a moment, Jimmy Hart, Ted DiBiase, Dewdrop, Damian Priest, and who else did I talk to? There were those six, Damian, Dewdrop, that's two, Drew, Jinder, that's four, Jimmy and Ted, that's six. Oh, and Nikki Ash too. So I forgot to get Nikki Ash on video. My phone fucked up. I didn't press the record button. I didn't get that one on video. I do have it in audio form, so I'll probably put that on the channel at some point. And I just put my video up, or my interview up, on the channel in video form with Samoa Joe. I actually talked to him before TakeOver last week, so you can check that out as well. But um, yeah, guys, I appreciate your support of the channel. I appreciate your support of the show. It really does mean a lot. But before we welcome on Mr. Marceau, enjoy my exclusive interview with the former WWE champion, WWE Raw superstar, Drew McIntyre. Graham Jason Matthews here with Bleacher Report, sitting next to former WWE champion, WWE Raw superstar, Drew McIntyre, head of SummerSlam on Saturday. Drew, how you doing, sir? Fabulous. And yourself? Fantastic. Here in Vegas, we got SummerSlam tomorrow. You got to be excited, nervous. What you feeling right now? Um... I'm not really thinking about the SummerSlam event itself yet. I was prior to getting here, but um, thankfully I'm keeping myself busy, or WWE's keeping me busy with uh, you know, media opportunities, community opportunities, um, Special Olympics events, so it's been really cool being able to interact with people in person again and talk about the reason we're here, mm -hmm. um, WWE and SummerSlam, and then 
tonight, I reckon about 9 p.m., I'll finally sit down and <laughs> it'll occur to me, oh my goodness, tomorrow, 40,000 people, yeah. Legion Stadium, and I'm fighting, you know, one of my oldest friends, Jinder. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we've been sitting here for the last two hours doing interviews, you specifically, going around the horn, doing every outlet imaginable. You've been doing interviews nonstop for the last year and a half since you became a main event player, essentially, in WWE. You just found out literally seconds ago you're going to be the ambassador for the Special Olympics. Really cool stuff. Talk about your reaction and that whole thing. Yes, very cool. Um, it happened uh, last night, technically. Okay. Um, we were at a Special Olympics event. I've been working with Special Olympics for two years now mm-hmm. um, through Zoom and uh, the opportunity to help create you know, a workout program. Uh, the athletes could do it at home since they couldn't go out and be around uh, people, obviously, during the height of the pandemic. And you know, set challenges um, for fellow superstars and celebrities to do to kind of uh, draw positive attention towards Special Olympics, which was cool. But this was the first time we all got to get together. Uh, we had uh, Stupid Seamus there, and <laughs> Titus, Charlotte, uh, Nikki, ASH, and um, Sarah Schreiber, yeah. and uh, all the athletes playing some bocce ball. And I came in second place, got silver medal because Schreiber's a cheat. But that's all good. Uh, we had fun. Everybody uh, had yeah. such a great day. It's so great to meet everybody actually in person instead of through Zoom. For sure. And then at the end, I got to announce a few of the athletes that were going to the USA Games, awesome. which was really cool. And then they surprised me by making me the uh, champion ambassador yeah. for Special Olympics, which really caught me off guard. And it's such an honor, and I'm excited for the future. That's fantastic, man. I mean, you talk about, you just said it right there, you're kind of meeting everyone for the first time in person, or at least most people. Like, yes. for me, this is my first WrestleMania or SummerSlam weekend type thing, doing the media and whatever. Uh, we spoke a few months ago over Zoom. Yeah. It's got to be cool, though, to be in person doing this type of stuff again. Being the WWE champion a year ago, going into SummerSlam, we didn't have this opportunity because of COVID and whatnot. No. So it's got to be cool for you to be in this position now a year later and you get to do all the cool, fun stuff. I mean, fun quotation marks. I guess yeah, yeah, hopefully you interpret it. Fun for me. Like, you know, <laughs> all the superstars feel the same and yeah. probably want to be out in Vegas till 2 or 3 in the morning but yep. that's not that, li- <laughs> that life's passed me by in my 20s <laughs> I did everything there is to do times 10 and yep. I just have fun now um, you know, doing what we're doing right now sitting talking about uh, WWE talking about the big events it's so cool we get to do it in person now mm-hmm. um, and next time around hopefully we're at a stage we put over the masks I feel kind of guilty when some of our staff or some people that have met on Zoom that I don't recognize initially yeah. because I don't recognize them from the nose up <laughs> yeah. um, but it is cool to actually see everybody in person well it's got to be a benefit actually for you guys I was thinking about this like when you go to airports and stuff like that if you're wearing the mask if you're wearing a hat or something like I'm that I wear it for the rest of the time yeah, yeah so people can't recognize yeah. you can't be bothered in airports I wear the right? mask I wear a hat yeah. I wear a hoodie sometimes and, <laughs> I mean yeah. you're a huge dude so people might recognize you but still yeah, I'll have that mask on for the rest of the time it's yeah. wonderful travel experience especially in the mornings. And, like, I've never mind if someone goes over and is a genuine wrestling fan, sure. wants to talk wrestling. But when it's uh, four or five or six in the morning, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not exactly much of a conversationalist. <laughs> yeah, and the people are waiting outside the air gate and all that other weird stuff, which, you know, happens from time to time. But, yeah, it's the nature of the business, I guess. But SummerSlam itself, you're competing on it tomorrow night against Jinder Mahal. It's a pretty big matchup for the Raw roster. Uh, you've been a, a, a part of a handful of SummerSlams over the course of your career uh, with the company, being on the card, stuff like that. Any favorite SummerSlam memories? that come to mind that you've been a part of or just as a fan? Uh, I mean, being a part of, 
last year was my biggest for sure, Randy Orton yeah. as WWE Champion and uh, proving that I belong on top of the card um, by hanging with uh, the top superstar and it, mm-hmm. especially at that time he was just operating not that he ever not operating at top level yeah. that was right after the edge stuff where somehow the guy that was already the best was operating even better <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. I saw it as this is my chance to show the world that I can hang with a Randy Orton on fire at the top top level and that um, feud slash match really cemented me at the top and proved I belonged which meant the world to me and as a fan there's a bunch SummerSlam 91 Bret Hart Mr. Perfect Triple H Shawn Michaels 2002 I believe one of the greatest SummerSlams of all time yeah great card overall Uh, the best one of all Bret Hart Bulldog from SummerSlam 92 Wembley Stadium and uh, yeah hopefully we'll be able to remake that again when we get a big pay-per-view in the UK once again Hopefully SummerSlam one of these years. Next year is going to be, what, the 30-year anniversary, if my math is correct? Yeah, or, yeah 30 years. Yeah, so. 92. Yeah. That'd be 30 years? Yeah, 30, 30 years. 30 years, yeah. yeah. Again, my, my, I'm, a, I'm a writer, not a, not a mathematician, but something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, it's appropriate, 30-year anniversary. <laughs> exactly. It might be perfect. Uh, but going to the match on Sunday, I was to, or Saturday, rather, I was talking with Jinder, and just the match itself, and it's crazy to think, five years ago, he just came back to WWE during the brand split as a member of the Raw roster. You weren't even back yet. Is it crazy to think that where you are now, fast forward five years, four years ago, SummerSlam weekend, you won the NXT Championship. You weren't even a part of SummerSlam, but you were part of SummerSlam weekend. Talk to me about through that little journey a little bit. Yeah, that's wild. Um, just my journey, Jinder's journey, uh, the similarities, yet being so different at the same time. Mm-hmm. With um, you know, us both being fired on the same day and me right away hitting the ground in the independent scene saying I'm going to reinvent myself and make this count Jinder took a little bit longer to figure out exactly what he wanted to do yeah. kind of, both of us kind of went to some negative places but eventually he started bettering himself physically wasn't doing too much in wrestling got asked to come back to WWE just as a body Yeah, and he saw that as his opportunity he said I'm going to make this count started working out so hard trying to improve the weak area of his game and showed everybody that's within the system yeah. you can do it within the system you don't have to just go away and come back yeah. like he saw that as his opportunity he made it count became WWE champion eventually I was able to you know, make my name outside the company WWE came to me I was able to come back to NXT as you mentioned four years ago uh, winning the NXT uh, championship which meant the world to me yeah. going on that path um, and then back to Raw having the rise on Raw and becoming WWE champion myself yeah. it's unbelievable when, like, fans have seen our journey what they know but I know behind the scenes the stuff we went through and how bad times got how negative times got, got how dark times got for both of us and it is incredible now that we're both on that big stage together in that big match together and going to have that moment together until he's lying on his back and he's watching me have my moment but it's, it's cool <laughs> that we get to do it together up to that moment with the sword in your hand as well <laughs> yes potentially at Shanky's face if he decides to show up <laughs> I don't trust those lads not to show up <laughs> and as we wind down here Drew everyone knows you're a massive wrestling fan it's all covered in the book still out now came out a couple of months ago it's a fantastic read uh, being a lifelong wrestling fan do you have any like cool collector's items like being in, in a wrestling fan for so long for me I have like a replica IC title try to get every former IC champion to sign it for you do you have anything like that like a cool you know, collector's item type of thing? Shoot. I have all my old Hasbro figures in a, my old soccer bag that I would never get rid of. But, yeah, I mean, I really should have more than I actually do. I have some <laughs> cool stuff for my own career, like the little Rumbler guys. I've got a two-pack with okay. myself and Taker. And that's one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. 
I try and collect little things from big matches as well. Uh, Randy Orton actually put that in my head. I think his dad might have told him, just collect little mementos from big matches. Smart move, yeah. Uh, so I've got little things from over the years from big matches. Yeah. I remember like, the match with uh, Randy and I were held in the cell when I cut the cell there's a little bit of the padlock that fell off oh, I've got cool. that so yeah awesome. I keep kind of strange mementos for my own career yeah hopefully uh, some sort of momentum tomorrow or memento tomorrow coming out of SummerSlam if you beat Jinder Mahal here in Vegas in Allegiant Stadium I've got a, a big major... sword I might take a, a limb with me <laughs> <laughs> maybe so that would be quite the souvenir like a, a pinky finger so I can leave I'll leave him the rest <laughs> <laughs> exactly It'd be quite the sight for SummerSlam fans in attendance here in Vegas probably nothing out of the ordinary for this city but you know yes. here in Sin City but uh, SummerSlam tomorrow Allegiant Stadium, you, Jinder Mahal, here in Vegas. Drew, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Like I said, thanks to Drew for the time. He was awesome. I know the audio there wasn't the greatest. Uh, we were recording in a busy room. There were a lot of media outlets there. Got to talk and meet to. I, mean, I got to talk to and meet a lot of awesome people over the weekend from various outlets, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys checking that out. Now let's start to my conversation with Mr. Marceau, breaking everything down from the last week in wrestling. Mr. Marceau, brother, I'm back here from Vegas. What are your thoughts on that and my whole experience? I, I kind of updated you every step of the way. It sounds like you're a Vegas fucking concierge now, so... I mean, if we go for money in the bank, I mean, you might have to be booking everything. I don't know. I, you sound like you know more than I do now. <laughs> How many times have you been to this point? Twice or three times? I've been twice. Twice. Okay, so we're tied at that point because we went together and then we went two different times, you a few years ago, me just over the weekend. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed myself. A far better experience than the first time we went for Double or Nothing 2019. But, yeah, the biggest news coming out of the weekend, you hear all these returns. Who gives a shit about CM Punk or Brock Lesnar when we have Money in the Bank coming back to Vegas, baby, 4th of July weekend 2022? I mean, I honestly, I, I popped. I was like, damn, I... I, I didn't see the uh, Nick Khan interview. I just mm-hmm. kind of saw snippets of it, and he was saying that they're trying to maybe like run bigger shows or kind of capitalize on Saturday nights or popular weekends. I mean, it's easier for people to travel on those weekends, obviously. So with the New Year's Eve show being announced and then Money in the Bank being for the July weekend at Allegiant, I mean, I think Money in the Bank, if you're going to turn any B pay per view into a big deal, I mean, Money in the Bank is that show. So. Having an Allegiant makes sense. Like, I think it could be an amazing show. I think the New Year's Eve pay-per-view is actually New Year's Day. I think it's January 1st, 2022. Uh, one quick note about that. Did you see that it was called WWE Day 1? What are your thoughts on that? Because I thought I had a lot of people praising it. Oh, it's not too bad. I think it's stupid as hell, personally. I saw it. I mean, it's, I mean New Year's Revolution makes the most sense, but I think you said like maybe it is trademarked. So, I mean, so, I mean it's just the name of pay-per-view. Day yeah, 1 makes sense. Is what it is. If the show's terrible, maybe I'll harp on it even more, but I thought Crown Jewel was a cool <laughs> name and the shows are terrible, so... <laughs> when, when you texted me during SummerSlam saying, hey, I'm getting tickets, I thought you were talking about Money in the Bank, but then I'm thinking, wait, maybe he's talking about the Saudi show in October. Maybe he's flying over to that one. So honestly, send me the Jihad. Yo, that is terrible. They didn't announce an exact date, but I can't tell you in the arena how big of a boo it was, how negative a reaction that commercial got for Saudi. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're coming back to Saudi Arabia, and everyone in the arena is like, boo, fuck the uh, Saudi they're shows. Then, hey, they're booing because everyone's not making the money. If I was making that money, I would go, hey, boo me all you want. That's why the company's making so much money in that Saudi deal. Yeah, that's true, but at the same time, though, I don't think people would care as much. It's not the country itself, it's more so the quality of the shows every time they go over there are just notoriously terrible. Literally every show they've done over there, for the most part, has been absolutely awful. Um, well, it's a glorified 
glorified house show. What do you expect it's going to be? I, I mean, yeah, glorified house show. But then you look at the people they bring in, and they it's basically it's it's supposed to be their second WrestleMania, dude. With the amount of people they pack into that arena or arenas over there, and then the matches they do at these shows, like they do pretty big matches, but they're never any good for whatever reason. It's just the Saudi curse. And now it looks like we might be getting Roman and Brock on that show, and your favorite Bobby and Goldberg too. Oh God, please no. Please give me Bobby and MVP versus Gage and Goldberg so we can just move the fuck on, please. I'll take that. I mean, it's a still a terrible idea because Gage is awful, but I'll take that over Goldberg <laughs> beating Bobby. So I mean, Gage isn't bad. We've literally seen like 30 seconds of the kid on the show, but as far as Good. I can, I mean, would he, would he actually wrestle? I mean, as far as I know from speaking to Goldberg a week or two ago, I mean, he doesn't, he's not a wrestler unless he was. Unless he was kayfabe me, unless he was giving me the gimmick, I don't think he's an actual wrestler. I think he's just a football player, but I don't know. I, maybe that might have a lawsuit written all over. The kid's still in high school. Who knows? But I don't know. I just do want. I do not want to see that belt back on Goldberg. But before we get to SummerSlam and TakeOver from the last week, um, I, I want to talk about some AEW news real, here real quick. We didn't have a chance to discuss it, Mr. Marceau, but it was almost a week ago at this point. Feels like it was yesterday because the week flew by. CM Punk returning to wrestling as we all expected, going off pretty much perfectly. Um, as I said to you over text last week, um, I checked out that corny clip, the Cornette clip, with him praising the Punk debut, saying that it wasn't how I would have done it, they did it better. It was perfect. And obviously, you know, Mr. Marceau, from listening to Cornette, that he doesn't often say stuff like that. And he wasn't the only one. I saw a lot of people that are typically negative about AEW, you know, right, rightfully so in certain cases, um, that were praising the Punk debut. So as someone who had watched it as well, I want to get your two cents on CM Punk making his grand return to professional wrestling on Friday and how you think it came off. I mean, it was probably the best thing they could have done, just opening him with the sh- I mean, if they did anything else, it would have been as good. Having him open the show, kind of giving him the floor, and kind of basically just... I mean, he was probably the first person that's ever not been interrupted on a segment, because that's how they do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was good. I mean, it's, that's what they should have done. It was all executed well. Crowd ate it up, obviously, in Chicago. Um, I mean... People might not have been critical of the debut, but right after you get Marco stunt a little midget going crazy in the back with Christian. So, I mean, no, oh, like right afterward. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, right after Punk debuts, go right back to AEW. So, we'll see. <laughs> I think, I think last night was good. I mean, him last night was the best part of the show easily. Um, but I don't know. I thought I like don't. I thought his promo was good. I I will say I thought he was a little dramatic when he was like, "Oh, I stopped pro wrestling in 2005." Like, dude, relax. Stop being so petty. So, like, I, oh, go ahead. Like, you wrestled the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Like, you've had good feuds. Just because you had a bad outing at the end, don't say you stopped doing pro wrestling in 2005. When you go back on a show, when last night you have Matt Hardy and fucking Pockets fucking joke fighting, and <laughs> they don't, like, there's plenty of things that they do that it's not traditionally pro wrestling. I agree. Like, I agree with that. I think yeah. it's just like everyone just goes their pants off. Like, oh my God, he trashed WWE again. Like, Dude, if it wasn't for WWE, you want to you want to be where you are now. So I agree with that, but I also don't think he trashed the company because it technically is a shock because they do refer to themselves as sports entertainment. To be fair, <laughs> I guess, but still. So, did you agree with Booker T then, or did you not agree with Booker T? Did you see the comments that he made about it? 
I saw what he said. I just, I feel like it was just very reminiscent of like every person that leaves WWE coming to a new company. Like, oh, I'm out now. Like, I'm, I'm going to utilize myself to the top five. Like, I, I agree with that, but I think this is the only exception or maybe one of the few exceptions just because I think it's part of his story with why he left wrestling. I mean, the guy didn't leave WWE. He left the entire industry. Like, if he had done this seven years ago, if there was an AEW around in like 2014, I would be like, okay, maybe not. But I feel like, he never mentioned them once. He actually mentioned Ring of Honor before he mentioned WWE. I, I mean, I didn't mind it, but I'm also biased because I'm a punk guy. Um, but still, I mean, I, I said this to Alexis, though. They do this a lot. I mean, you look at Miro. When he first came in, he was like, oh, I'm going to grab the brass ring. And I'm like, dude, come on, stop. I mean, you're grabbing the AEW TNT title, and we haven't seen it on the show in like two months. I mean, stop it. He's in the same position as he was in WWE instead of United States champion. He's TNT title champion. Yeah, he hasn't been really utilized a whole lot. Um I think he's facing Eddie Kingston at All Out, I think, is what they're teasing, right? Have you caught that yet, or no? <coughs> I saw that, like, I think I heard on commentary last night that someone dropped it, like, oh, like, Eddie Kingston might be, got challenged, did he challenge him? Eddie did, I don't know, honestly, I don't think Eddie did, I think Miro challenged Eddie, I don't know where that came from, that just kind of feels, like, random to me, there's no storyline reason behind it. If anything, honestly, Sammy would make more sense, because he, the whole Fuego Del Sol thing and their friends, I thought they might go in that direction, but... I mean, I don't see Eddie Kingston winning the title, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see Sammy winning it right now either, but I think yeah. that would make more sense. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, back to Punk. Um, how he <laughs> came off last night and how he came off on Friday during Rampage. Uh, where do we go from here? We found out he's facing Darby Allen at All Out in Chicago, assuming he wins that thing, and that's the main event of the show. Um, what do you do with Punk from here? I mean, obviously he dropped the Daniel Bryan hint last night during his promo any potential opponents you want to see him up against? How would you book CM Punk and AEW beyond All Out, from what we know right now? I mean, <coughs> give me a second, I'm fucking dying. He's dying that. over here, my God. It's usually me. I'm usually the one that's dying. Uh, it's rubbing off on you today. I water and I'm fucking choking on something. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing is you say that, you're like, oh, he's going to win. I saw people on Twitter like, oh, he's easily going to put Darby over. I'm like, no, he's not. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I would not, not have. Had, I'm sorry. I, in his first match, come back, he's gonna lose. Would make literally no sense. I love Darby, but come on, man. Come on. I mean, I saw people saying, "Oh my God," they're complaining about the whole Becky Lynch thing. They're like, "Well, at least when Punk does, he's our job to Darby Allen." I'm like, dude, no, he's not. It'd be no, the no, dumbest no. thing ever to lose his first match back in seven years. Yeah, it'd be a decent run for Darby, but like. No, it's a, they, I just don't think they see him at that level right now, so he shouldn't be beating Punk anyways. Because mm-hmm. if he loses a Darby, where do you go there with Punk? Because, I mean, Darby's lost his handful of matches too, so it's like, then you're I mean, saying he's... At that point, you just put the title on, on fucking Darby Allen. at that point. I mean, how do you not beat CM Punk and then immediately go for the AW title? And then so, you know he's not going to win the title because it should be Adam Page. Yeah, I don't know, because it's tough, because like, I think at the end of the day, I feel like... Th- I want Paige to be the one that wins off Omega, so if Punk beats Darby, then where do you go from there with him? I mean, Brian's coming in. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I just feel like maybe we could do something with him and Moxley. I feel like Moxley's pretty directionless right now. Maybe do something with him and Moxley. Um, I don't know. There's not like there's not too many big-time players that they can do. Like Cody's out right now, but I'm assuming whenever he comes back, it'll be him and Malachi again. Um, Andrade's kind of floundering with Pack right now. They're just kind of doing their little whatever. I don't know. There's not really too many people I could immediately say, oh, I think they'll do this with him. Because I feel like if he wins, I just, I don't want to see him face Omega. Because, I mean, he should beat Omega. And I want Hangman to beat Omega. So then it's kind of like puts a wrench in those plans. So, 
I'd say maybe Moxley, because I just, like I said, I, I don't really, like, he's facing some random New Japan guy at Oahu, it sounds like, so clearly has no direction right mm-hmm. now. I think him and Punk would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's the direction to go. And I think Moxley is a good idea. Um, you know, I think it's too soon for Black. They were teasing that on Instagram yesterday, which was cool, but I think it's a little too soon for that. Um, MJF, uh, I mean, Punk would probably beat him, and MJF is likely, lo- I mean, he should lose to MJF at he lo- he should lose the Jericho at all out if his career is on the line. We are we're going to be subjected to hearing him on Rampage commentary every week if he loses it all out. Um, so speaking of that, any other thoughts on AEW stuff? I mean, last night's show really wasn't all that eventful at all, which allows us more time to talk about Takeover and SummerSlam. Um, I don't know, kind of setting the stage for all out, which I appreciated. They're doing good. Like they always do a great job, I think, of building towards next week and Rampage and you know all out and whatever. But as far as a show show, as far as, like, if you asked me, hey, is there anything really to watch from the show, I would tell you, hey, the Punk promo, and that's pretty much it. Like, the rest of the show wasn't terrible, but especially by AEW standards, it was pretty weak, in my opinion. No, I completely agree. I mean, I feel like you're usually a bit more nicer than I am. But coming off last week, I, I, I thought that maybe they'd do a little bit more, um, especially coming off the buzz of Punk. But, I mean, they really didn't do much. He was obviously the highlight of the show last night, and... I just feel like they're trying to capitalize on people coming back with Punk, but if all it really is for Punk and everything else is kind of just meh, I mean, they're booking up Paul White and QT Marshall, and he gets the job entrance and loses the fucking Colton gun. Like, you bought up a Colton gun. I mean, why would anyone think he, I mean, no one should think he has a chance against Paul White, but, like, at least I'll make him look somewhat strong. I mean, the guy literally lost that guy that hasn't been on TV the whole year. Yeah, I don't know. I just well, thought that he was got dumb. distracted because Paul White stood up from the fucking announce table 100 yards away. I mean, come on. That's WWE booking. I mean, one. It is. One. And that's terrible. Like the whole wingman stuff, like, I mean, they shouldn't be on TV. They're awful. Nope. Um, no, I agree. And, like, Matt Hardy stuff, like, eh. the bunny. Like, there's just so much stuff going on right now. The I like Red Velvet. I mean, that, that match is bad. I'm yeah. a train wreck. And then the main event, I think Malachi, I like, I like uh, Malachi Black. I just, I mean, what's he just going to beat up the whole Nightmare family now? And then when Cody comes back, he'll job out again. Like, but the problem is no one in that group really matters for a shit is what I mean. It's like Dustin Rhodes is like the only other one. Like, oh, him and Dustin, maybe. But like Lee Johnson, uh, who cares? Brock, who gives a shit, you know? I mean, I, I don't care if he's beating these guys, but I hope it's not like Brody Lee 2.0 and Cody comes back and beats him. I'm gonna be the yeah, exactly. Shoot. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't know. I don't know. I thought last night's show, like you said, was a weak one. And, of course, it was the one show I actually, like, watched the majority of it. I actually thought Varsity Blondes and Lucha Brothers were good Mm -hmm. uh, for what was actually on television, on commercial. I like the Mm -hmm. Lucha Bros. It seems like they're kind of gaining some momentum, but uh, I don't know. You think they lose or or win or what's happening? It's tough because I just, I I mean, uh, the story realistically is there with Lucha Lucha Source and Jungle Boy because they just had the match and got screwed out of it on last week's show so that would make more sense but i don't know i don't think i want them to be the ones that beat the bucks so i kind of wanted that to be either proud and powerful and, or ftr it seems like we're getting that next week which i mean i would just hold off to all out at that point but did they advertise it no i think i think next week they're doing santana and like dawson <laughs> or something aren't they? i think they're doing a singles match so i feel like they might be saving the tag team after the pay-per-view they got to see if he's cleared to compete or not i could have sworn i saw ftr versus I, I might be, I might have, I thought at first when I saw it said tag team match next week, but 
Maybe I misread. I can jump on Twitter and check, but I could have sworn I saw it said a tag team match. But like you said, it should be Pride and Powerful, though, taking the belts. Or at least FTR, you know, one of the two teams. I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, we'll Give me say. a second. Yeah, yeah, Dining. sure, sure, sure. Um, but that was pretty much it, though, from Dynamite. I thought it was a pretty uneventful show. I'm looking forward to All Out. I think they set the stage very well on uh, Wednesday's show, and Rampage should be interesting. It is a tape show this week. It is what it is. Um, but I am looking forward to it. So we're going to jump from that to SummerSlam from Saturday. Uh, a very newsworthy show. A lot of championships changing hands, several returns, some great matches, some not-so-great matches, some questionable moments, some great moments. It very was, it very much was a mixed bag of a show. Um, I enjoyed it overall, but again, I'm biased because I was there, so I'm, I'm curious to get your take on it, Mr. Marceau. Um, but there was, again, like I said, a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff. It was very much the tale of two shows here. And it wasn't like, oh, the first hour sucked and the second half was great. Like, for example, we started off with a good match. RK-Bro, Styles, and Omos. RK-Bro becoming Raw Tag Team Champions. Great stuff. Awesome moment. They're over. You follow that with Eva Marie and Alexa Bliss, which was complete garbage. Um, and that kind of went on for the entire show. Lashley and Goldberg sucked. Cena and Reigns was awesome. Edge and Rollins, I thought, stole the show. Then you had McIntyre and Mahal that no one gave two fucks about. Um, the Lynch and Bianca stuff was kind of polarizing for a lot of people and, you know, understandably so. New U.S. champion, and then, I, I don't know, just a lot of just random other shit, too. Um, like the Miz Morrison and the Xavier Woods segment, completely pointless. So, in a nutshell, Mr. Marceau, what were your thoughts in SummerSlam from Saturday overall? Give me a second here, I'm trying to breathe. Um... <laughs> Before I go into SummerSlam, I'm looking at AEW. It is FTR versus Santana Ortiz next Wednesday. So it's a tag team match. Yep, it's in there. They had a uh, they have the package from last night for the match next week, and oh. yeah, it's just FTR with Tully Blanchard versus Santana Ortiz. So okay, <coughs> so <laughs> just to clarify that when I was dying, uh, <laughs> but AEW will do that to you. They will. So I thought SummerSlam was a good show. I mean, like you said, I think there was a little mixed bag, a couple. Random matches that, I mean, for what it was without Alexa and Eva was fine. I mean, I don't think it was a pay-per-view level match, but, I mean, from the story they were telling and how prominent it's been on Raw, it should have been on the show. So, mm -hmm. that was fine. There, the Shinsuke stuff was kind of random. The uh, the Miz and Morrison stuff was kind of pointless. Like, if they just kind of cut that out, they could have probably done more with Becky and Bianca, which maybe would have helped people not be as mad as they were, but... Besides that, I, I mean, the, the, the opener was good. New, the new championships were good. I thought the match that we're supposed to deliver delivered. I mean, I, I thought Edge and Seth were, was great. Um, the main event was good. Bobby and Goldberg was terrible, but I kind of expected that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can kind of break those down a little bit more, but for what it was, that was a good show. Um, had some big moments, had some bad moments, but I, I think it's looked at, it's going to be looked at as a, a pretty good show and. Seems like their bottom line had a had a good weekend as well. <clears throat> yeah, no, obviously, like you know, uh, I think a lot of people saw the press release or what WWE put out. The highest grossing SummerSlam of all time, the most viewed SummerSlam of all time, which was a given. It's on Peacock, which has like 50 million subscribers. But you know what? Good for them. And there was a lot of people there, so it, it seems like it was a giant success overall in the Vegas area. Um, but yeah, we won't go through every single match, but I do want to discuss some of the big matches. I want to get your take on the whole Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair thing. You're a big Becky fan. I'm a big Becky fan as well. She comes back. This is a roller coaster. I mean, they had Becky come out, massive pop. I mean, even before that, it was obviously supposed to be Bianca and Sasha. We discussed this a week ago. Are they going to actually do the match? 
Uh, obviously, they didn't. Bianca or Sasha's got some issues right now. We don't know what they are. Doesn't really matter, but you couldn't make the show. Um, hopefully, she's okay. But I uh, couldn't make the show, so they put Carmella in there instead, initially. And apparently, they knew about the Sasha thing well in advance. So why they were still advertising it until showtime, I have no fucking clue. But they put Carmella in there, and no one gave a fuck. Out comes Becky Lynch, massive pop. It's like, oh, fuck, this is great. We're about to get the match. It goes all of 30 seconds. Um, Becky wins the title. It's just th- This has had people talking all week, Mr. Marceau. From my take, as many of other people have thought, you know, I, I kind of agree with the majority here. I thought it was a terrible way to book Bianca. I don't think she's dead and buried. I think she'll be fine. I'm not saying she's ruined. I just thought it was really dumb to do this and to end her reign in that way. Even if Becky's turning heel, which I'm still not a big fan of, um, just because she's so popular, so why of all times now would you turn her Like as soon as she comes back? I think that's questionable. Um, but just the way they did it was dumb. Again, like you said, if they gave it a couple more minutes and Becky like cheated the beater by raking the eyes or a low blow or whatever the fuck, I don't know, a chair shot or something, I'd be like, okay, that's at least interesting. It would still be a little dumb they're turning your heel, but I might be more open to the idea. I just thought the execution of what they did on Saturday was just terrible. So I'm curious to get your take as a big Becky fan. I know you've kind of warmed up to Bianca. So uh, what have been your thoughts or what were your thoughts on the whole Becky Lynch title one from SummerSlam on Saturday? Oh, I went bananas. I mean, you know, man, I went fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Fucking crammed and yelled. I was going crazy. <laughs> Got your man shirt on, yeah. Oh, yeah. I fell out of bed. Um, grabbed my last kicker shirt on. But, <laughs> oh, uh, classic. I mean, obviously, I think they probably should have did longer. I mean, the way she beat her was extremely quick. I think people are like, oh, just like Brock and Kofi. I think a totally different scenario. I mean, <clears throat> Becky literally was like the biggest star before she left, and she left on unreal circumstances. I mean, she was trying to shoot pregnant and drop the belt, and like, now she's back. But I don't know. I, I think if they played off right and they just say like, oh, was it like she wasn't prepared for Becky and Becky cheated to beat her and she kind of a shock win. Because like, it was like she just like went to shake her hand, she punched her in the face and fucking rock bottom or one, two, three. I mean, if they play it off right, I guess I could, I, I wouldn't hate it as bad. I didn't love it just because like you said, I think Bianca has been booked well and having her get beaten less than 10 seconds is kind of silly. But if they book her, like like you said, she says like, I was surprised and then Becky cheated and then whatever, but... I also didn't want to book her as a heel either. I mean, she was so popular before. I know it was kind of getting stale a little bit there. She had, like, the stupid king crown and, like, dressing up in the robe. And it was kind of getting kind of weird. So maybe that's why, because she felt like before she left, she was getting stale, which she definitely was. But when you're coming back from a year off, I think you can get away with it and not have to go heel. But we'll see what happens. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I thought... Kind of like what you said. I mean, it also doesn't hurt Bianca. I think it hurts Becky, too, because you have... I mean, again, if she's turning heel, I guess that was the reaction they were going for, but I don't know. They just didn't make it apparent enough, and the match was weird, and it ruined the flow for the rest of the show for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people found it hard to get into the rest of the show because of that, because they were so pissed about how they treated Bianca. Again, like I said, I'm sure she'll be fine. She'll probably get the belt back at some point. It's different than Kofi. They have a million men on the roster. They don't have as many women. So I'm just making sure that it, it's going to be, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm, I'm going to make, I just, I just want to make sure that she'll get the belt back at some point and that she'll be treated fine. It's just a weird situation. So I don't know. I just was not a fan of it. We'll see where they go with it, but maybe because they have, I don't know, dude. 
I don't know. I'm just at a loss for words here. Any other additional thoughts on this? Because I just wasn't a fan of this at all. I like Becky being back, Jesus but I just wasn't Christ, trying to GSM, Be less negative. Um, <laughs> the only thing I didn't understand, well, it's just I feel like SmackDown is very heel-heavy as it was before. Yeah. I mean, Sasha's a heel, but we don't know when she's going to be back. Bailey's a heel. She's going to be out for a while. I mean, Carmella and, and uh, Zelina Vega, I mean, they're so irrelevant that it doesn't even really matter that they're heels. Then you have Natalia and Tamina. No one cares about them. So I guess you kind of really did have to turn someone heel. I mean, because you brought Tony Storm up. She's a face. You have Tegan Knox and Shotzi who are faces. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to a little bit. Maybe at that point, I, I just maybe turn Tony heel. I mean, if they were going to do if Becky was to come back, that's probably what I would have done. But if Becky's coming back and you need heels, because, I mean, they, at this point, they don't have a credible heel. and. I guess you could turn Tony Storm, but just pushing her to the top, as the top heel, like, would kind of come out of nowhere and seem pretty random, and she probably wouldn't beat Bianca, so you put no credibility on her, so yeah. it kind of makes sense, but like you said, I think they could have had a match, like you said, maybe Becky cheated somewhere down the line, turned heel, because, like, even after she cheated, I mean, she was still, like, I don't know, it, it just, like, she, like, yeah, she did a heel thing, but it didn't feel like it was, like, a full turn, like. She was, like, smiling, and she wasn't selling it at all. And it was kind of weird, but I still went nuts when she won, so... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I figured that. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. It has me interested to see what they do on Friday, that's for sure. I just think it's the WWE booking that I don't have a lot of faith in, so that's why I'm a little worried, but time will tell. It wasn't nearly as bad. I mean, match-wise, it was hardly even a match, but... I mean, also, if Becky wasn't ready, too, then you don't do the fucking match. That's another thing, but... Um, far worse than that was the Lashley Goldberg shit. I mean, like you said over text a few days ago, I think the idea was that they wanted to see if Goldberg could do a longer match, because all of his matches up to this point have largely been four or five minutes. The Taker match, I think it was almost ten, and that was an atrocity. Um, this was equally awful. Goldberg and Lashley just, it just, it was terrible. Goldberg almost killed Lashley at least a time or two. The guy should not be wrestling, and I'm a Goldberg guy. I talked to him last week, and I like him a lot, but... I just think the way they've been using him, and in the longer matches, he did have more time to train this time, he was telling me, but this was just not good at all, dude. Um, I'm glad that Lashley won. That was the only saving grace of this, but the match itself was just a complete dumpster fire. And worse than that, they're continuing it very likely going into the Saudi show in October. Yeah, I mean, when it first started off, and like they were kind of doing like a little bit more wrestling spots, I was like, oh, God, don't say like they're going to try to show us that Goldberg's like better now we're trying to like show him that he's not like a one-trick pony and i i agree like you said he sat like when you said when you interviewed him he did look like he was like a little trimmed up a little bit maybe lost some weight like he actually did look like he was in really good shape but it just ugh, it just the whole way the match like once they started attacking the knee and then the finish was so flat and it just no one cared it just came out of nowhere and, like, I just feel like they just did it to protect Goldberg again. And then his son comes out. And then MVP, like, then he's mad that Bobby Lashley, like, beat up his son. But, like, he shot. It's like, the whole execution was dumb. It's not like Lashley went into the crowd and took the kid out and beat the shit out. Like, the kid jumped in the ring. It's, yeah. It's, and, like, to Lashley's point, like, he didn't know who was on his back. So. You just did it. It's like if Goldberg watched the fucking film, you'd be like, "My kid's a fucking idiot." Like, exactly. So like, and I just think it's dumb that they're they're, they're continuing it because no one cares at this point. The match was terrible. <laughs> I like Goldberg, but 
it's time to hang them up. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's time to hang up the boots. It just, I, I can't be doing this every month. Exactly. I don't know. I just was not a fan of this at all. They just put the guy in the undercard, have him face Baron Corbin, beat him in two minutes, and have that be it. That's all I got to say on that. That was awful. Thankfully, we got some better matches here on the show. The top two matches on the show, in my opinion. Um, Edge and Rollins, I thought, was the best, the best match of the entire show and one of the best matches of the weekend. I thought this was fantastic. And the storytelling, the brood music was great. Uh, Rollins was very good here, continuing a strong streak of SummerSlam matches. Um, in the ring, and then, I don't know, I loved everything about this, and I thought Edge winning was the right call as well, so, your thoughts on Edge and Rollins from SummerSlam? No, definitely the best match of the night. I'm not a huge fan of, like, Rollins' new persona, like, the silly suits, and kind of like... Yeah, you're not alone, I've seen a lot of people say that, so you're not alone on that. And I love Rollins, like, I'm a big Rollins guy, but I just feel like lately, like, the Messiah stuff, and like, this new kind of take on the Messiah stuff, just like, not for me. Yeah. Um, and his his promos like he like screams a lot, and I just don't really like that either. But I thought for a match, this was really good. Uh, definitely the match of the night. Um, big for Edge to get a big win here. It doesn't hurt Rollins at all. So I think it was the match, best match of the night. Did what it needed to do, and I mean neither guy goes out like a loser. Could you see this continuing at some point, maybe with an intergender match? Now that Becky might be heel, could we see, uh, you know, Edge did the glam slam, Edge and Beth versus uh, Becky and Rollins at some point? That'd be pretty interesting, I think. I mean, yeah. If Becky's going to be heel, I don't yeah, see why not. Like, you know? Yeah, it'd be a decent match. I want to hate it. They played off, uh, they could play off, they had some Twitter beef a couple of years ago. Um, when was it? 2019, maybe? Becky was going back and forth with Edge and like, oh, if you, 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 your neck is broken or whatever. I can't do her accent, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, if you can come wrestle again, then comes. Uh, I don't know. I can't do her fucking accent, but it was something along those lines. So I, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing that. Cena and Reigns main event followed by the grand return of Brock Lesnar, Mister Marceau. Very much enjoyed the match. Um, early goings were slightly slow, but hey, you know that's that's most main event matches in WWE. I thought this was great. I thoroughly enjoyed this. The near falls were awesome. The crowd bought into it. I love the fact that Cena took out everything that he had on Reigns. Three AAs, including one off the top, and yet it was only one spear that put Cena down. I fucking love that. If you asked me that four years ago, I'd be like, yo, that's garbage. But, like, with Reigns being the heel, the unstoppable champion, it makes more sense now. Um, And I think it's awesome. So, enjoy the match. Cena came in there, elevated Reigns, did what he wanted to do and what he needed to do. It was perfect. Out comes Brock, returns, confronts Heyman and Reigns, setting the stage for a future matchup. I thought everything about the last half hour of the show was practically perfection. And the, and the Lesnar return was completely, you know, came off guard for a lot of people. That that was totally, came totally out of left field. So I thought that was awesome. So your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on the main event of Mr. Mar- uh, on the main event of Mr. Marceau, the main event of SummerSlam with Cena and Reigns, followed by the epic return of Brock Lesnar. I mean, if you haven't seen GSM's video, you got to go back. Kid was about to fall out of the press box. <laughs> There's a reason why it has almost 4 million views. <laughs> oh, it was a great return. Um, but for the match first, like you said, I think it started off slow. But, I mean, I think that's they, I mean, that's Roman now. Like, he's a big guy, big star. Like, you don't need to go 100 miles per hour at first. And I think him and Cena worked well together. I think Cena, like you said, basically pulled out all the stops and still couldn't beat, beat, beat Roman and just, like, Whoever beats Roman, I, I'm still hoping it's someone that's not made yet. If they're not made, then I don't know. I mean, he's been booked like an absolute monster. Beat Cena. I'm assuming he'll beat Barack as well. And whoever gets that rub, I mean, they, they should be a goddamn star. Because 
it, Reigns has been great. This was a great match. Great for Cena. Um, this is a swan song. I think it was a good showing for him. Um, great little return. And then Roman looked great. And then Brock coming out. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the place went unglued. I went unglued. I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> Big Brock guy. Just great to see him back. And him and him and Roman, I mean, we've seen the match a thousand times. But now that the uh, roles are reversed, I mean, I, I don't hate it. No, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious to see what role Heyman's going to follow in this as well. Uh, where do you think he goes? Where do his allegiances lie? Is it with Lesnar or Roman Reigns, you think? Say that one more time. His, his uh, alliance. I think it's going to be with Roman. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, so. he's a heel, so he should. I don't, I don't want to see like a baby face Paul Heyman, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like the Heyman, and <clears throat> the Heyman and Roman stuff is just getting started. I wouldn't cut that short anytime soon. <laughs> but, no, I love the match, and... um. I thought Lesnar coming out was great. I'm, I'm very looking forward to seeing where they go from here. And, and kind of going back to our original point, I don't know if we talked about this on air or not, but SmackDown is stacked right now. I saw a rumor earlier saying that the NBC USA Network executives were pretty pissed that SmackDown is so stacked. They have Becky back, Brock back. I know Brock's a part-timer, but Cena went to SmackDown when he came back. Edge went to SmackDown when he came back. Uh, SmackDown got the Money in the Bank briefcase. I mean, SmackDown is just ridiculously stacked right now. There is no reason to watch Raw. I don't think the USA Network executives are satisfied with just having Goldberg on their roster. And they have Finn Balor going to SmackDown, too. You know, he, he just arrived there, and Raw got carrying Cross. He's in a fucking loser. So, um, yeah, I'm just not a fan. But what are your thoughts on the brands being so uneven at the moment? Do you think this might be rectified in the draft coming up in a couple of months? <laughs> I mean, SmackDown's absolutely stacked right now. I mean... Hey, Raw got Scott Goldberg. I mean, what else could they want? <laughs> Gage. They got Gage. They got Charlotte. I mean, I don't know. I think they have good time. For, they have good people, but I mean, I think SmackDown right now is the upper hand. I mean, they have the bigger people, but at the end of the day, I think Fox is paying a little bit more money. So that is that is a good point. That is a good point. Hey, it's... look at the checkbook. Look at the look what the check they wrote. I mean, <laughs> SmackDown's paying a freaking billion dollars Fox paying a billion dollars to air SmackDown I mean and then right now I mean it's the most more viewed show I mean it's more bearable it seems like it's written by two different people I mean yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't matter if you have 100 people I, I still think even without those people being on the show I think SmackDown's been a, a hundred times better view, viewing show than, than Raw's been I mean I just feel like Raw's just kind of just like it's just it's just honestly awful honestly not yeah. the sugar it's just not a good show. Yeah. I think Priest being a champion's great. I think he's been good. Bobby's been good. RKO, RK Bro stuff's been amazing. But, I mean, Charlotte winning the title, I mean, that's big for them because, I mean, she's one of their big-time players. But I just feel like everything else in between, just all comedy terribleness. And the Miz and Morris and stuff, who cares? I, I didn't care. I like the Karen Cross, whatever. I mean, hopefully they, they see the backlash and, like, okay, this is fucking stupid, but... I, mean, I doubt that. I feel like they're just going to run into the ground, <laughs> I think. Yeah, we'll see. And I, I actually really liked Rhea and Nikki Ash, so I can't complain. What, the, um, the tag team match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think they might. I don't know if they're going to be a team or what they're doing with that. But, yeah, no, I thought they worked well together. We'll see. Not everything on the show is bad. I'm not saying that. But just compared to SmackDown, it's not even a comparison. And the three hours don't help either, obviously. I mean, they wasted a literal half hour in the show this week with, like, the same four people. 
Um, like Damien and Lashley went all of 90 seconds before they went to the tag team match. Why not just do the tag team match from the fucking get-go? Like, I, I hate when they do that shit. It just makes no sense. Um, let's talk about a great show overall real quickly before I got to let you go, Mr. Marceau. TakeOver 36, did this feel like the end of an era for you with all the rumors of NXT undergoing changes and whatnot going forward with the focus on the bigger men? Um, it did a little bit, but then when Carmelo Hayes won on Tuesday night, I kind of pulled back a little bit. Um, I mean, he is a smaller guy, so I, I honestly could have sworn that Odyssey Jones would win that. Me but too. I also think he might be main roster bound very soon, so <laughs> yeah. I think I could see him going to Raw, maybe. Maybe having him as like a monster heel on Raw. I wouldn't hate that, but uh, honestly, put him in the Hurt business and kind of have him learn a little bit, have him learn the ropes a little bit from MVP and Bobby Lashley wouldn't be a terrible idea. Um, yeah, I think he works as a face, though, because he seems so likable, but that's not a bad idea either. Put him in, like, that Batista role. Like, he's still a little green, has yeah. a lot of potential. Put mm. him with top guys. Makes sense. So, Great comparison. But, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a good show overall. I mean, nothing really. I think Grimes and Grimes and Knight was good. Raquel and Dakota was great. And then the return of Kaylee Ray went absolute bananas, obviously. <laughs> Love Kaylee Ray. I mean, it's about damn time. But I think now that NXT's lost a lot of women, it's time to replenish the shelves a little bit. And they've done pretty well with that, so... Good to see her in NXT. Um, Cole and O'Reilly was good. Um, the main event was good for what it was. It was mm. pretty short, but I thought it was good. And uh, what else am I missing? Walter and Ilya. Oh, Walter and Ilya. How did I forget? That was a great match. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking of NXT. You know why? Because I was thinking of like NXT proper people. Yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that was a great match, too. I was honestly shot that Walter... I, not that I was shot that he lost, but I mean... I think it was a way he lost. It was kind of a little shocking, but, I mean, it was still a great match. Um, I want to see Walter on regular NXT. I, I don't think it'll happen, unfortunately, but I think he, he could flourish on, on regular NXT and maybe the main roster, but the main roster would probably turn him into a loser after, like, a week. So <laughs> I think one of his biggest things is, like, he doesn't wrestle a lot, so it's like kind of like the Brock Lesnar aura thing about him. Yeah. Like a special attraction, you don't get them all the time, so that's kind of helped his mystique. But yep. if you're on TV every week, I mean, it just doesn't matter as much. Yeah, no, I just think every match this guy has feels must see because they're all fucking bangers. I mean, you look at the last like five or so major title defenses he's had. I mean, the match with Tyler Bate was a match of the year candidate. The match with Ilya last year was a match of the year candidate. Um, you know, a lot of the Champa match from Takeover was one of the best, if not the best, match of WrestleMania weekend this year at Takeover Stand and Deliver. Just fantastic stuff. Um, so I thought that match was absolutely amazing. Is where where does that fall for you off the top of your head of the best matches you've seen so far from WWE in 2021? Um, I would say it's up there. I mean, I had to go over on a list. I mean, my memory's shit compared to yours, so. <laughs> I put Edge and Rollins in that conversation, too. Yeah, I put Edge and Rollins up there. I think it was a good match. I mean, it's just different. I think if you put that match in front of, like, the T-Mobile arena, like a little like, bigger arena, but, like, had more people there, I think Walter and Ilya would have even felt even bigger than yeah, it was. yep, yep. Unfortunately, that terrible CWC crowd that we <laughs> complain about, I think they were fine all night, but I just, like, the small crowd definitely, when they once they started branching off to the big arenas, obviously made it seem like a bigger deal. And I mean, we were there at, at uh, a lot of New them. York. I mean, New York. I mean, those 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 Gargano Cole matches. I mean, people were like literally like falling on every fucking count. And I thought it was a good match, but like I said, if you put it in one of those bigger arenas, I think it would even felt like it was even a bigger, a better match than it even was. So, yeah. I I mean, it, it was great. 
but I think the small crowd did hurt it a little bit. Well, I think those days are over of the big arena takeovers if we're moving forward with this new NXT that they're talking about. Then Nick Khan even confirmed in that interview, but you know what time will tell. I thought it was an amazing show. Going forward, we'll see what they do in NXT. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a great weekend of wrestling between the Rampage Punk stuff and then SummerSlam and now um, TakeOver as well. It was a great weekend. Mr. Marceau, love talking about it with you. Anything else to share before we ride off into the sunset here? Damn. We're just looking forward to Vegas next year. When are you leaving for Chicago? <laughs> Next Thursday, I think. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we'll see. Vegas might be giving Chicago a run for its money. It's my favorite city to visit. We'll see how next weekend goes. But Chicago is a, whole, is a very special place in my heart. Vegas might be a very close number two now. Over New York, or not New York. Oh, New York, too, but Newark, too. That was a dumpster fire. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good. Looking forward to the next wrestling road trip with Mr. Marceau. Hopefully Vegas in 2022. If not before then, question mark, we will soon see. Mr. Marceau, brother, enjoy your meeting. Take care. Always awesome talking. I'll catch your ass down the road, dude. Later.